You're listening to Packers Talk Network. PackersTalk.com. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Or just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. Check New York Bozo! New York Bozo! New York Bozo! I gotta get my biceps a little bigger. Yeah, you can always work on that. Oh, I could sure use a hot dog with chili. You know what time the game starts? Hey, you got any left-handed footballs? We need to fire him. Is anybody else tired or is it just me? Good thing I'm in shape. You got any eligibility left? I got some advice for y'all. Take two weeks off, then quit. Pack to the Future is brought to you by the Ticket King. Whether you're making the trip to see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers play at legendary Lambeau Field, you want to see Giannis and the Bucks at the beautiful Pfizer Forum, or the Badgers, Brewers, or any concert tickets you might need, the Ticket King is your source no matter the occasion. Visit them online at theticketking.com and search their selection for yourself. And remember, there's no such thing as a sellout when you can go to the Ticket King. One more time, that's theticketking.com. Hello there. We are back with another episode of PTTF Podcast. I am your host, Duke, and I am joined by Matt. Say what's up, Matt. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is going to be one of the toughest uh, episodes to be enthusiastic about, Matt. Um, The Packers obviously are coming off uh, a, oh gosh, a 39 to 8, I'm sorry, 37 to 8 loss. to the San Francisco 49ers, and my friend, it was a brutal one. Yeah, there's not a lot of positives you can glean from it. Um, Packers just came out flat. Like This is a team that has been predicated the last uh, couple of wins on getting out to an early lead and then kind of relying on that pass rush to get to the quarterback, and they simply didn't do it, whether it was the fumble early on to Aaron Rodgers or some really bad penalties that were called, um, especially the Devontae Adams one. Won't even get into that. But, um, you know, <laughs> just, thing, just things that absolutely, you know, killed drives that kind of crept up on them again. That's something that's been kind of a constant theme the last couple of weeks, um, especially against uh, San Diego. You know, these California trips have not been kind to the Packers. But, um, you know, uh, uh, there's going to be a lot that's going to be made over – uh, a bad loss in what uh, was a game that had a lot of playoff implications, but you know, it's, you got to survive in advance, right? Like it's, it, it wasn't a win, but you know, there's still a lot of football left to be played. And there are a lot of, a lot of weeks to kind of fix some of the things that really ailed them last night. Right. You know, there, and there's definitely still, you know, in season <laughs> adjustments that I think the Packers are going to obviously definitely do their best to address um, with, obviously big plays and things like that. But yeah, you know, we could just kind of go through the game here. I mean, from the get go, you know, there was the, there was the big, you know, uh, you know, the penalty on, on Adams, there was the phantom penalty that was not called. um, I believe on the uh, punt return or kick return from, you know, they, they completely held Josh Jackson um, on that play. There was no penalty on there. And, you know, there was just there was just things that continued to snowball 
in the favor of the 49ers, and the Packers really just got behind. And I think they panicked a little bit. I think, uh, I, I think their resolve wasn't the best in the first half. They tried. You know, I mean, I think it was well into the second quarter, and it was still a 10-0 game, which was very much, um, you know, a, a game where they could have come back. But it didn't feel like a 10-0 game at that point. <clears throat> Um, given how their drives were just shut down and the penalties and the non-penalties and all that stuff that was going on in the first half. Yeah, <clears throat> especially against a defense like that, once you get down, it, it's exactly what the Packers have done to teams this year, though, where you know they got after them early and then you're playing catch-up the entire time. So uh, the 49ers did, and um, LaFleur came out today and said it, you know, um, they were outcoached. They 100% were, and... You know, this was um, a team that I don't think uh, adjusted very well when they got punched in the mouth. You know, um, the, when the Packers have been rolling, they've been rolling because of the scripted plays that were working. Mm. Um, so once the floor kind of got off script, um, it just kind of turned into this comedy of errors, you know, really trying to um, swing in any direction and hope you hit something. And really, yeah. it just didn't work at all, um, you know. I think we'll get into it a little bit more, but I think the biggest thing that was concerning to me was kind of the usage of the running backs. You know, this is something right. that um, I feel like LaFleur was so creative with, you know, uh, after like the third week or so where he was using J uh, uh, Aaron Jones a lot and using Jamal Williams a lot in the passing game and Danny Vitale. You know, these are guys that at, at any one point were having pretty big impacts on the game, but um, you know, there was a big timeshare yesterday and, you know, Vitaly only played nine snaps yesterday. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it's, I, I don't know um, if it's necessarily kind of the floor getting a little too cute and trying to um, reinvent the wheel, but, you know, this team has very clear strengths in Devonte Adams and Aaron Jones and this running attack. So why they got away from that a little bit was concerning to me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. I mean, when you're, you know, I a couple notes I had written down. You know, the 49ers took away Aaron Jones as much as LaFleur has in the passing game. And basically, they forced Green Bay to beat him with their other weapons. And, you know, there was two big, big, big play potential plays that stood out to me. And that was one, which was the, the catch from Graham that wasn't ruled a catch. And mm. then the would-be touchdown grab from MVS, uh, but he couldn't you know, maintain a position in bounds. And so when your top three wide receivers are targeted 19 times and they catch 11 passes for 59 yards for 5.3 yards per catch, and really none of them, and this has been something that's been a little bit of a concern to me, they haven't done very well with, you know, yards after the catch. You know, we remember back in the 2010, 11 days where, you know, we were seeing guys like James Jones, just stiff arm guys to the ground and Jordy Nelson, just stiff arm guys to the ground and get yards after the catch, you know, the Packers top three, you know, targets in MVS, GMO and Devonte Adams, you know, they weren't moving the ball very effectively, but I will throw this in there, you know, kudos to Jamal Williams because he notched seven catches uh, on eight targets for 35 yards. And he was probably the Packers offensive player of the game also getting 45 yards on the ground. So yeah, it was one of those things where I think we are seeing, you know, just a a hodgepodge of things that were 
not, you know, playing out in the Packers' favor. And you said it best with, you know, I think LaFleur just started kind of uh, swinging for the fences there. Yeah, and I don't know how much of you, – you kind of um, mentioned something that I kind of wanted to get into a little bit more. And, um, <clears throat> you know, you saw one of the wide receivers that was traded for at the trade deadline had a pretty solid night last night. And, you know, is that something the Packers really should have explored more? Personally, um, the market was too steep for that. So I know there are a lot of people that are kind of talking about that today. You know, oh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders was so good. Um, and some of these other receivers that were traded at the deadline are having really good years. Um, right. You know, that's not necessarily where I think the problem lies. I think it's kind of relying on, um, you know, clearly Geronimo Allison has had his struggles this year. He had a really bad right. drop yesterday, and he only had, I think he had three catches for nine yards or something like that. He yep. just isn't getting a lot of separation right now. Um, MVS and Rodgers clearly aren't, you know, in lockstep right now. He's overthrown uh, MVS a lot, which is kind of hard to do, I'll, I, I will admit. But, right. um, you know, um, I just don't think anybody other than Devontae Adams, you know, Rodgers has a lot of trust in right now. I, Alan Lazard has been that the last few weeks, but, you know, he didn't really – didn't really impact the game yesterday at all. But, you know, I, I just look at it. Aaron Jones has been so dynamic in that passing game and how he can't be more involved. Like, I, I, I'm i looking at it like I'm still stunned. He he hasn't been involved. Like, he had zero catches yesterday. Like, this is right. something that he was so impactful against, like, the Raiders, against, you know, he just – he had some of these monster games, and you're just wondering, like, how is that completely gone from this offense in, in such a big game too? Like this is obviously the 49ers is a really good defense and they try and take away a lot of what you're going to put out on the field. But right. you know, that's where a lot of that plays after the catch can kind of happen is you open it up with your running game and you open up with your running backs. Like that's how you get a lot of yards after the catch or, you know, include Danny Vitale because at times he has had a lot of those plays. Um, so I think a lot, you know, when you get a little bit more predictable on offense and you're not using that creativity with your running backs and your tight end as much, I think that's where you can kind of tee off against um, those wide receivers and you don't get as much yards after the catch. So, yeah, I don't know. It's I'm trying not to glean too much from yesterday's game because it was just such a bad showing and such bad execution. But, you know, some of these are trends that have started to happen over the last couple of weeks. Right. I mean, you know, a trend is the right word because, you know, Aaron Jones has caught one pass in the month of November. You know, yeah. um, there's, there's some, there's some things that are concerning. You know, one of the, one of the things that really concerns me is, is penalties. Penalties continue to be an issue for the Packers offensively. And, you know, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, you know, but I, I kind of remember in years past, I don't remember our offensive line having this many issues with, you know, false starts and, and, you know, just uh, delay games and things like that, that have put the offense behind the sticks as much as they have in this year. And I don't know if it's, you know, them not processing this new offensive system quick enough to where, you know, again, they're making last second checks and, and, you know, they're the snap counts and the, you know, all those, the cadences and all those things, you know, kind of have them just off because, you know, the truth is, is that those penalties are really, really hurting them. I mean, the Packers offense was yeah. one of 15, one of 15 on third down yesterday. 
And, you know, they converted their first fourth down conversion of the year last night, but they were one of uh, three on fourth downs as well. And so, I mean, the Packers won the time of possession by nearly 11 minutes, but they were outgained in yardage by 140 yards. You know, the Packers had 25 more plays and they were outscored by 29 points. You know, and so it, it, it's kind of just incredible to me that this this offense is is really, really struggling. I mean, I think we've seen points of dominance and we've seen obviously, you know, like you said, burn the tape, you know, uh, games and, and matches like this one yesterday. And I'm not sure where the the problem lies, you know, entirely, because I think it's just. A bunch of everything but I would definitely uh, agree with you and say at this point they got to get back to doing what was making them successful which was running the ball well being creative getting the getting the running backs back involved uh, you know in the passing game especially a guy like Aaron Jones well and I think you touched on something that I you know you know who's respond ultimately responsible and I you know this is the second game where they've kind of come out just completely flat on both sides of the ball. So it's hard not to say at the end of the day, that doesn't come down to coaching. Like I just don't think they were overly prepared and they didn't have the right game plan going into this game. And right. um, I think the one thing that, um, you know, a lot of, we've given a lot of him a lot of credit on this, but we also have to keep in mind, this is LaFleur's first year, you know, calling the plays with, you know, Aaron Rodgers or really just being a head coach. So right. there is, there is some leeway you do have to give him. You would kind of hope that through 11 weeks, essentially that that leeway is slightly less, but you know, this was his first, I'll say it. This was his first real test because in the beginning of the season, like the bears game is probably the only other one where I'd say, yeah. Um, you know, that was, you know, in prime time on the road, um, and they pretty much shut down the Bears, but the offense didn't look great in that game. So right. um, this was his opportunity to put a stamp on a game, and, you know, it came out flat. So I think at the end of the day, they just kind of need to come into these games with a little bit different of a game plan and also <clears throat> adjust because this is the second game where they've, got, they've gotten completely punched in the mouth and had no response to it. Like, they did a good job right. against it with Philly, but, you know, this is – a completely different caliber team that they played uh, last night. And this is a team that's probably, um, if not the Super Bowl favorite out of the NFC, you know, one of two teams that's the Super Bowl favorite out of the NFC. So right. um, and that's, the, that's the other thing we have to kind of keep in mind with this. This is a really good football team that, you know, right. you know uh, that they played last night. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's tough to swallow, but, you know, what are you going to do? Right. And, you know, yeah, tremendous amount of credit, obviously, to the 49ers. You know, they did. Uh, they they had a great they had a great game plan for the Packers. They definitely attacked, you know, their weaknesses, you know, on defense in the middle of the field. Uh, that turnover that they forced, you know, definitely got uh, momentum on their side. And that's something that, you know, obviously being the the road team in, in this case, you know, the Packers definitely didn't want to give that up. And, you know, obviously Rodgers, you know, but as Packer fans, we're incredibly blessed to have a guy like him who rarely turns the ball over. And so the fact that the 49ers were able to capitalize on that, get that turnover, immediately turn it into, you know, seven points for their team, you know, it was huge for them. And, and you know, you have to give them a ton of credit. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think you know, the, the offense in general has to, has to definitely uh, adjust better. 
you know, and even though it, it's crazy to say this, even though the defense surrendered 37 points, you know, they really only had one problem on the field uh, yesterday, and that was, you know, George Kittle. You know, he racked yeah, up six uh, catches on six targets for 129 yards and a touchdown. You know, the other long completion to Samuel uh, was a big play, you know, that was a touchdown before the half. But as difficult to, as it is to see a loss like this, you know, the Packers largely held the 49ers in check. Now, that is extremely tough to see because those two touchdown plays were huge gains. And otherwise, there was really solid coverage by the cornerbacks. You know, um, they got after, you know, Garoppolo a little bit. You know, it's not like he had this, you know, 400-yard performance. You know, uh, all things considered, you know, the Packers, you know, had played pretty stingy defense at times. And I really think it was just a bad case of uh, non-complimentary football where the offense literally did nothing uh, almost uh, to aid the defense. You know, if they go down and get a score – you know, it, it helps put a little momentum on their side. I mean, that stuff just didn't happen. You know, it was, uh, what was it, 23-0 at half, uh, you know, yeah. I believe. And, and, and that's when the game just really, really got away. And, you know, it was tough to see. You know, it was tough to witness. But, you know, I think it's, you know, fair to say, and I, I tweeted this yesterday, or this morning, rather, I think it's fair to say that our fan base should have tempered expectations from this team still, mm-hmm. because with all the turnover from last season to this season, it's a miracle that they're eight and three. And so there's a lot to be thankful for, you know, thus far in the season, it was a bad loss. Let's burn the tape. Hopefully the Packers are definitely going to learn uh, from these things and make the necessary adjustments, because if not, teams are going to continue to test their weaknesses. Yeah, 100%. And honestly, those weaknesses were kind of exposed yesterday for the most part. Like they just stole, like you said, George Kittle is a top three tight end in the league. So, of course, he was right. he was going to get his. And, of course, that 61-yard touchdown was an absolute dagger. Um, and this, I, I think we've said it a couple of times. You know, this defense is still pretty young, so they're going to have growing pains. They had, a, you know, a pretty decent game. But like you said, they were given short field by the offense most of the night. You know, yeah. uh, the pass rush was able to get home a lot. Um, so, you know, three sacks or 26 yards, like that's pass rush did, was doing its job pretty well. Um, right. The secondary, you know, Jair Alexander had a couple of nice plays in there. Um, I, you know, he, he's I think he's finally starting to learn how to be aggressive without, you know, giving up the big play. But yeah, the, the Kevin King uh, chasing down George Kittle uh, definitely oh, is yeah. a little a little bit of a concern um, that there was that big of a gap in protection, but um, you know, these are hopefully things that kind of get figured out over the, uh, over the course of uh, the season. So I I, I do think that they are starting to get some pieces back there though. Like Ibrahim Campbell starting to play a little bit more. And I think you're definitely seeing a change in the run defense because there was a lot made about this San Francisco 49er run offense. And, you know, they didn't have that, great of a night they obviously um you know um i know uh what is it more start or i can't, I can't raheem more start um had kind of a decent night but you know tevin coleman had 11 carries for 39 yards like they weren't overly efficient in the running game so right um you know for a team that's been struggling on the run defensive side of the ball they shut that down pretty well so right um it's hard to really be 
overly critical of the defensive side of the ball when the offense just played so poorly. When you're when you're only getting 104 yards passing from Aaron Rodgers, something's wrong. So, right. Yeah. Um, you know, and, it, and that's it, yeah, and that's creating a short field. So like, I got to give the defense a break. Right. You know, it, absolutely. I mean, Rodgers, you know, set a record yesterday. This is a record that you know I'll have to mention. He posted the lowest yardage total of anyone with 20 completions in NFL history. Obviously, this is not going to help the defense that is having to, you know, hold this team off that's a very good offense with short field situations, with bad special teams play. Um, And that's a whole nother topic. You know, I think all in all, you know, the defense is still a work in progress. The offense is still a work in progress. But I think there's a ton of promise for this season yet. This upcoming schedule has uh, the Packers in good position to, like you said, still come out of this with earning a bye, a first-round bye in the yeah. playoffs, which would be huge. Yeah. Because if a team like, uh, I don't know, you know, um, who would it be? Would it be the NFC? It may be an NFC North team or the NFC West, a team like possibly Seattle or Minnesota having to come to green Bay, you know, would be a challenge for either of those teams, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, Dallas and whoever else is in it, the saints, you know, so, you know, there's, there's a chance that, you know, that could end up being huge for the Packers as long as they get their, their stuff kind of, you know, back in gear, you know, but I am, I'm of the, I'm of the positive side of this, you know, knowing that the Packers, you know, have a lot in front of them uh, to look forward to. And, you know, I think they can definitely right this ship and get things, you know, going in a positive direction. And so I don't know, uh, Matt, if you have anything else to mention before we talk a little bit about, you know, the NFC North and all that kind of stuff. No, and you bring up a good point. Like, this team is still in a good position to – they could potentially win out the rest of this season. You know, the schedule Mm -hmm. really lightens up. Um, They play Washington and the Giants the next two weeks. So these are teams that are well below 500, playing for top 10 10, um, draft picks, essentially. So Right. um, And then, you know, they're playing a Lions team at the end of the season who is probably without Matt Stafford, a Bears team who, you know – you know, really struggling against some not great opponents right now. So um, really it's coming down to that. Uh, and we'll get into this here in a minute is that showdown with the Vikings is going to be pretty crucial for the rest of this division. And if they win that one, there's a really good chance that this team could have a buy. Right. You know, and that, and that's, that's what we have to look forward to. I mean, you know, eight and three, man, eight and three. We, I, yeah. I don't think there is a Packers fan out there. Real realistically, that could have said, you know, the Packers are going to be eight and three, you know, come Thanksgiving in the middle of November. You know, I don't think, I really don't think that was on anybody's radar. You know, now, granted, there's five NFL teams left to play. The Giants and the Redskins, as as much as we'd love to just chalk those up at wins, they are NFL teams, and the Packers cannot overlook them. But Um, they should be favored to win those games. And like you said, a struggling Bears offense, um, 
you know, they have a solid defense, but I think it's a very winnable game as well because it's in Lambeau. You know, that Vikings game is the real big one on that, on the, on the agenda. And so, you know, there's, there's, there's a definite uh, awesome, you know, potential setup for playoffs here. And, you know, Matt, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I have this team originally pegged as a nine and seven team and they have completely outdone my expectations. I mean, completely, you know, this would be a nine and two team right now if it weren't for, you know, a red zone interception, you know, at home against Philly Um, or just whatever happened down in San Diego, you know, which those were two very winnable games for the Packers. You know, the only real loss that stings, you know, right now is, is this San Francisco loss? Because, you know, again, I, I know they're a good team. I just would have liked to see the Packers, you know, put up a better performance against a good team like this. But that being said, you know, they have a really, really good shot, you know, to still win the NFC North and potentially get that first round bye. So, Man, you know what's not to what's not to like about that? I think we got to delete this game from our memory <laughs> moving forward. What do you say? <laughs> so I do want to bring up a couple of things here, real quick, and it's mostly schedule related stuff. So um, we're talking about the division right now. I'll stick to the division, but the Minnesota Vikings' remaining schedule is not an easy one. They have to go to Seattle next Monday night and play the Seahawks. Uh, then they go play the uh, the Lions, and then they have to go out to San Diego to play the Chargers, and that, as we all know, is no you know no cakewalk of a game. Then they have to go, and then we uh, then they play Green Bay, and then the Bears. So they have a lot of tough games remaining. So as long as um, you know they stay tight with the Vikings, this is very you know a very easily win- winnable division. But kind of to piggyback off of. You know, this team is eight and three right now in a great position to go to the bye. Let's go to kind of some of these other teams' remaining schedules. So Seattle has to play, again, like we said, has to play the Vikings, have to play the Rams, Panthers, Cardinals, and 49ers. That's a murderous schedule at the end of that. You know, the Saints probably have a little bit of an easier schedule here. Um, They only have to play the 49ers and the Panthers, kind of some easier games with the Colts, Titans, and Falcons in there. And not to mention the 49ers. They've yeah. got the Ravens, the Saints, the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Falcons coming up. The, so the 49ers could very easily lose three games at the end of this season. Very yep. easily lose three games at the end of this season. So last night's game couldn't it could potentially not even matter if they lose three three more games. So yep. um, you know, it's even if the Packers get a two seed out of this, I'm so all right with that. But to some of the points that we've been kind of making they need to fix some of these things that have been going on with the offense and right. with the leaky plays on defense for me to feel good about them getting out of the divisional round. I, I mentioned it. Uh, I, sent, I, I sent out a tweet earlier today where I was like, you know, right now this is a good, but not great team. And that's okay. This team right. was six, six, nine and one last year. Yep. They're coming, you know, complete coaching overhaul, essentially, um, you know, coming off a really bad year, with an injured Aaron Rodgers, they've come out, started eight and three. They have some things work to work on, but every team has some things they're working on right now. Right. So, um, and there are, there are things that at times have looked pretty darn good, like the offense when they're in rhythm and they're they're you know they're operating on all cylinders. They've looked really good defensively. Right. The pass defenses looked really good, and the run defenses looked really good. So, 
it's just I, I, I've kind of harped on it a, lot, a couple of times this you know on this podcast, um, not on this particular one, but in past weeks, it just had they haven't had this game where they fired on all cylinders. You know, right. they've obviously they're six and one against teams with uh, records above five hundred. But yep. we were kind of hoping that it could all combine in this game against the 49ers. So we still have yet to see the best that this team can offer. So I still have a lot of faith in this team. And I know we sent on a poll earlier today. And I'm kind, I, was, I was the one that was really optimistic there. I was, uh, I, I was all behind um, the Packers moving forward. So um, I don't know about you. How did you vote in the poll? <laughs> yeah, you know, no, for me, I still have a ton of confidence in this team. And, and yeah, you know, the question was asked, what's your confidence level with the Packers down the stretch of the final season? And it was actually, it came down to a two-way tie. 31% of our voters said kind of confident and 30, 31% said not confident at all. I believe that's the knee-jerk you know, response that you're going to get after a loss like this. But Matt, we're sitting here talking about a potential first-round buy. Like we've got to, you know what I'm saying? Like I want Packer fans to hear this right now. We're talking about a first round buy in the playoffs. This is a team that has missed the playoffs the last two years. And nobody was going into this season thinking about a potential playoff run, much less a first round buy. Mm -hmm. So we're very fortunate to be in the position that we're in. We're very fortunate to be still very much in the lead of this race. You know, it, we're in the top three teams in the NFC, you know, and, you know, they have a great shot at all these things aligning for them. Do they have things to work on? You hit, you said it. Yes, of course they do. But nobody in their right mind would have thought we'd be even talking about playoff chances much less first round by. So, hey, man, I think uh, there's a lot to still be confident in. You know, I'd like to see things get cleaned up just like you would. You know, uh, a big area that I think we need to touch on it just for a second. I, wanna, I want your thoughts on this. Uh, not to, not to su- switch gears and ruin the mood because we'll end on a high note. But <laughs> we've got to talk about special teams. Mm. Somebody tweeted out yesterday, and it made me laugh. They said, um, how could our special teams be any worse than it was? And somehow, the only guy that had a return yard, one return yard, I believe it was a punt return yard, on uh, this team has been traded away. And the Packers, I believe, have negative nine. Is it negative nine punt return yards on the season? Mm-hmm. So we've got to talk about special teams just for a second because while we've seen the offense and the defense complement each other in games, and we've also seen special teams, uh, I will say punting and you know kicking become an asset to be the third complementary piece, we have not seen really anything from the special teams return game mm-hmm. how how concerned are you matt you know going forward with all this potential playoff stuff with regard to the playoffs i think my opinion is this 
if it comes down to special teams like punt returns and kick returns, there's something seriously wrong with the roster construction. Because at that point, if you're worried about how many yards you're getting on kick returns, like, yes, you can get better field position with that. But if your offense and your defense are playing well enough, there's oftentimes, you know, you're starting from the 20 most times or the 25 most times. So mm-hmm. um, I take that with a grain of salt. But I think to your point, it is concerning because they have essentially punted on their return skills. Like they, they don't right. have, they traded Trevor Davis away. Um, you know, clearly um, Shepard was not the answer and Smith's not the answer. So, right. um, you know, <clears throat> and Randall Cobb's, a, Randall Cobb's a cowboy. And you know, Randall so, Cobb's a cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure that's painful to see firsthand. So, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, um, you just kind of, at this point, you just kind of hope somebody's back there who's just smart enough. I think that at the end of the day, that's all you're kind of hoping for. So, you know, Smith hasn't been good. So, you know, somebody who we might see moving forward a little bit, who has had some um, some time returning kicks before, and is a pretty heady guy, Tremont Williams would make a lot of sense back there, just being a really heady guy, making sure that, you know, if the ball's within the 10-yard line, you're not receiving it, or, you know, if even on kick returns, just being smart with the ball. That's all you have. That's all you need to do to make sure that you're not, you just don't want to lose field position. You can just have it be, you know, neutral, essentially. So that's kind of all I hope for out of this return game. Um at, at this point, because obviously Trevor Davis isn't walking through the door. Uh, Micah Hyde's not walking through the door. So, um, you know, you take what you can get and you just hope it's not negative. Right. Yeah. You know, and that that's a great point that you made. You know, it's just, you know, again, uh, not necessarily messing it up. You know, the, it's like at this point, you know, yeah, if, if you can if you can fair catch a ball. <clears throat> And not allow it to roll like I believe, you know, yesterday it happened. You know, Smith is right up under under this ball. He backs off at the last second and probably loses an additional 10 yards. And then he scoops it up. Oh, and I was God. like, oh, my gosh, dude, like, what are you doing? You know, the way the way that whole play, you know, played out. I mean, it just had me scared half to death. I was like, dude, what are we what are we doing in the return game? And so, you know. I believe, you know, you've got a great perspective on it. Yeah, let's let's not lose anything. But at the same time, you know, it can be an area that can also be a big-time, game-changing, momentum-shifting play that the Packers have yet to take advantage of this season. So, you know, that being said, you know, going forward, it, it, it is a bit of a concern. You know, I think J.K. has done... Um, decent throughout the year. Um, I think he was uh, much better earlier in the year. He's kind of uh, a little bit off um, maybe the last few weeks. Hopefully he'll get it turned around. You know, Crosby has done uh, pretty solid all year, so there's nothing to complain about there, you know. But, you know, it's just something to kind of take note of because at least, you know, we would hope that these guys, you know, would would, uh, contribute in in a much more explosive way. You know, but, you know, that being said, you know, there's there's a lot to look forward to, you know, coming into this upcoming game against the Giants. And so uh, they are how many wins did they have on the season, Matt? The Giants? I yeah, think they're two? two and nine. Yeah, that, I believe that's I believe that is correct. So yeah. the Packers have a great a great shot at, 
you know, winning this game, you know, it's going to be a nooner. Uh, and hopefully they they get into there, get out with the win, get out healthy. Um, another thing that we, we should uh, touch on just briefly, Brian Balaga did escape a potentially nasty injury, which is very fortunate for the Packers because, you know, Alex Light, while I think he was, you know, he was gritty, he toughed it out. Um, obviously, we'd rather have uh, Balaga in there, you know, at right tackle for the Packers. And so... That was a bit of good news, you know, going forward, you know, and this team is still relatively uh, pretty healthy, man, going down the stretch here. So I think Mm -hmm. those are all positive things that we can kind of just take from uh, this weekend uh, uh, moving forward uh, against the Giants. So do you have anything else, man, that you want to touch on real quick? No, I think you hit it. You hit pretty much everything on the head there. You know, they can use this these next uh, this week and the following week. They play the Giants and then they play the Redskins. They can kind of use these as tune up games. You know, they go into that final stretch against the rest of the division and then lead into the playoffs like they can get red hot before the playoffs. They just, you know, you kind of wish they would have gone into that game last night and taken one, uh, you know, taken home a win. But, you know, work on some stuff against the Giants this week um, because, you know, this Giants team is just not very good. They've, they've struggled against – I mean, they're playing in a pretty easy division, all things considered, with, even with your Cowboys at the top there. <laughs> uh, but Aren't they you – know, I think the Cowboys are tied with the Eagles right now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think they have a – I thought they had a one-game lead on them, but it's close. Oh, it's, ma- you yeah, know, maybe it's, so. Um, but, you know – What's funny to me is I just I just – I just discovered right now that the Giants are actually in third place yeah. uh, with a, with two wins. I, I don't even know how that's possible. The, the, two worst, <laughs> the two worst teams in the NFC are in the same division. So it's really helpful for the Packers that they play that entire division this year. So, right. Right. Um, but, you know, um, just, you know, ex- exercise your demons in this game. You know, get right. <laughs> Uh, make sure that, you know, what's been ailing the offense has worked out. And on the defensive side, you know, Saquon Barkley will be a little bit of a challenge, but this is not that potent of an offense. You should be able to just shut down Barkley and try and let Daniel Jones beat you. Yeah. And Hey, let's, uh, let's reminisce a little bit. You know, I think it was back in 2010 when the Packers needed a big win to propel them into a playoff push. Obviously it was a different scenario, but it came against, the New York football giants. And so I'm going to look for this week to be a game where the Packers can really, really stomp on their opponent mm-hmm. and really build something off of, off of this uh, win going forward. You know, I do not want to see this be a close game because this should not be a close game. If the Packers can handedly beat the giants, uh, I'm going to be definitely excited for, what's to come uh, in the future. So they got two good games to hopefully give them a, a head full of steam into, you know, a, a couple challenging ones against division opponents uh, to finish off the season. And so, Hey man, let's look forward to the Packers uh, coming up with a W uh, over there at a uh, MetLife stadium um, in New Jersey against the Giants. And so let me get a final score prediction from you, Matt. Final score, Packers go into the Giants. What is the final score going to be? Um, simply because I think they're on the road and they're kind of trying to work on some things. Uh, it won't be super high scoring, but I don't think anything like 20, 28 to 14 is my guess. Uh, you know, Packers try and get a little bit more creative, um, work on some different things that um, maybe had worked earlier in the season. 
but ultimately are just too much for the Giants. I'm going to, man, you know what? I'm not usually like this, but I'm going like, I'm going big, man. Go big or go home. <laughs> so I'm going with a 38-10 victory. Green Bay over there at MetLife Stadium, just going to slaughter the Giants. Why don't we say uh, Darnell Savage or Alexander is going to have a pick six. Um, the Smith brothers are going to come up with, let's say about five sacks and, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to put up at least uh, 300 yards passing and Aaron Jones is going to have himself a day as well. So that being said, uh, we're looking forward to the Packers taking on the New York football giants, uh, upcoming this weekend, uh, tune in, listen, we appreciate every single one of you for tuning into this podcast. We are so appreciative uh, to be able to do this for you, the fans. And so we just want to take time to appreciate all of our listeners. It's been a great season. Matt, I've thoroughly enjoyed working with you uh, all season. We got a few games to go, but I just wanted to say thank you, Matt, so much for for, uh, doing what you do, man. You are an absolute great partner in crime here on the PTTF podcast. That goes both ways, Duke. It's been an absolute pleasure. And let's hope that we can keep doing this throughout the rest of the season and hopefully into the postseason. Absolutely. And so, hey, listen, he's Matt. I'm Duke. You can find us on Twitter. You can also follow the PTTF podcast on Twitter. We've got a bunch of people that are that are uh, following our page and we appreciate all the support. Please, when you see these episodes, hit that retweet button, share it, like it, tune in, listen, listen, get your morning coffee, have a listen to two dudes just talking Packers. It'll get your day going. And we're always excited to do this for you guys. And so with that being said, uh, we're going to sign off for today. But Matt, hit him always with a big old Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.